0: If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. A quote for today's episode. There is one skill that lies at the heart of any healthy person, family, school, community organization, or society. The ability to see someone else deeply And make them feel seen to accurately know another person to let them feel valued heard and understood and that is by david brooks from a his most recent book titled how to know a person the art of seeing others deeply and being seen deep and being deeply seen so as i contemplated today's episode i Waffled between the title of Why Won't They Forgive Me and Why Are They Holding a Grudge? And I think they kind of, you know, I hear both of these from estranged parents. Some version of Why Are They Holding On To This Grudge? I've apologized. Why Won't They Forgive Me? So I'd like to dive into that a little bit and see if we can peel back some layers. To understand this a little more deeply than what appears to be on the surface, right? And th- the first thing I'd like for us to consider is why does this bother us so? This belief that we have that they are holding on to a grudge, that they have not forgiven us. And I want to acknowledge our adult children are hurting and estranged parents are hurting for the estranged parents. I would like for you to consider where your hurt is coming from. Again, what appears to be on the surface is it appears that you are hurt only because of something your adult child is doing or hasn't done. Um, and I want to offer a quarter turn thinking perspective on this. Hurt is stored in our body. Our nervous system kind of remembers when we go through really big emotional um, events in our life uh, where we have felt something really intensely, an emotion a feeling, and it stores in our body. So when we experience a very similar type of feeling or emotion down the road, it's almost as if we're immediately transported back to the time when that uh, we originally felt that way. And oftentimes that is in childhood. More often than not, we, we get sent right back to that three-year-old little girl, that six-year-old little girl, that 12-year-old little girl, that 15-year-old girl, whatever the case may be. So the pain that we're feeling is accumulated, right? And this is what has happened to us. And it's what is happening with our adult children. I've said it before. I, um, had a the validation workshop going at one point in time and one of the intent, attendees said to me, Oh, I finally get it. I'm not talking to my 40 something year old son. I'm actually talking to that 10 year old little boy who was deeply hurt. And I said, yes. And that 10 year old, that 44 year old or 40 some year old, however old he was adult child is actually reacting, responding from that 11 year old little boy's self. Um, Think about it. How many times do you, do we see people or hear about people and and we say to ourselves or to someone else, Oh my gosh, he's acting like a three-year-old or she's acting like a 13 year old. Well, that might, actually be the case they might actually be responding from a time in their life when they were deeply hurt and were that age right i say oftentimes we're there are no adults in this world we are there's just a bunch of kids running around in adult bodies because we've all been traumatized we've all been hurt etc so there here we are So I want you to stop and think about the times in your life when you felt someone did not forgive you, someone held a grudge against you, and I want you to go back into childhood. I don't necessarily want you to be thinking about, you know, when it happened at work or six months ago when so-and-so said something hurt you. These wounds generally stem from childhood and we get stuck there until we work through those things. And oftentimes that happens in therapy. But think about when you were a child and your parent, I don't know, maybe your parent gives you the silent treatment and you feel like they're holding a grudge. They're not forgiving you for whatever indiscretion you had, right? What about the time when, you know, your mother or father or caregiver has said to you, you couldn't go to on that family vacation or you couldn't go on that trip with friends because you did such as such and you feel they're being vindictive, they're being mean right? You might not have said or thought the word vindictive, and you might not have said or thought the word grudge. They're holding on to a grudge, but that's how it felt to you. So I just want you to to kind of have that thought in mind as we work through this topic today, because it's so prevalent whenever I'm working with clients. this is I see this oftentimes, and again, when we're in it, we can't it's really hard to see it when we're in it. Someone on the outside is oftentimes much more able to see something than than we can see it when we're living it, right? So I want, I I guess I wanna start with, you know, let's not make assumptions. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you, you understand that I'm all about peeling back the layers, Let's looking at what's beneath, what appears to be on the surface. Right. On the surface, it might appear that they are holding a grudge. It might appear that they are refusing to forgive. And if we begin to peel some of these layers back, what we oftentimes find instead of that is maybe it's not an actual refusal or a withholding right? And instead it's an, it's actually an inability to forgive. So what is there, there's a meme or a saying that goes around on social media that, you know, you can't put a fish on land and expect them to thrive, right? The, the conditions, have to be right for them. So when we look at our children, there the conditions for forgiveness. If we look at, let's look at a married couple where there's been infidelity, right? The person who was cheated on is not going to be ready to readily able to forgive if the person who did the cheating continues to cheat right so it's a it's the continued behavior so we have to make the conditions ripe for our children to forgive to be able to move beyond the anger that appears to be quote unquote holding a grudge Um, maybe, maybe they have forgiven, but they don't feel safe enough to share that yet. You know, part of the reconciliation process that begins before there's even communication with the child is a rebuilding of trust. And in order for a parent to create the conditions for a a child to trust them, The parent has to have changed behaviors. Otherwise, the child, the adult child comes back into this relationship and continues to not trust, continues to be on guard, continues to have a wall up. And then we are not able to actually move into what we call a healthy relationship because there's mistrust that's still present. So we have to create the conditions that make it safe for them to forgive, safe for them to express that they have already forgiven us. Right? I oftentimes meet with adult children who have already forgiven their parents. They, they understand the challenges that a parent has or had. They understand you didn't know what you didn't know. They they get all of that. But what they're searching for is, are things that will make it feel safe and trusting for them to re-enter a relationship with us. And they can't do that if there's not trust. And they can't trust if they don't feel safe. So if we backward do a backwards engineering on this, right What makes a healthy relationship someone who feels safe with the other person, someone who can trust the other person. love alone is not enough. So they have to feel this safety and this trust. Well how do how does that happen? We show up in loving ways. We show up with honesty, we show up in taking accountability. We show up with offering an apology. And we show up with changed behavior. So just as um, one, one a little kind of a side note to this is oftentimes parents think that the kids have placed them into this quote unquote box. That, you know, well, they they think that I'm the same person that they left five years ago, and I've done so much inner work, and I've been changing, and I'm no longer that same person. Well, we oftentimes do the same thing to them. Again, two sides of the same coin. We have placed them in this box of, well, that's who they've always been. They've always been a difficult child. They've always been a drama queen. They've always, you know, blah, 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 blah. And... How does, how do we, how do we move beyond that? So that's just as a side note, and maybe I can circle back around to that. But in the meantime, so let's not make assumptions. Maybe they have forgiven us and maybe they, it's not that they are refusing, but they don't feel safe enough and they're unable, they're literally unable to forgive us. It's not that they are consciously withholding forgiveness, right? but that they don't feel safe enough to trust us to lay out that forgiveness. So what do we do to make the conditions right for forgiving us to quote unquote, stop holding a grudge? Well, I just said it a minute ago, we have to take accountability and make apologies. We have to make conditions ripe for them to want to forgive us. Right? and we have to end troublesome behavior. So how do we, how do we do all of this? Well, I mean, taking accountability and making apologies, I've done enough episodes on that. I think that's pretty standard and clear. The ending of troublesome behaviors, right? I hear parents say, I shouldn't have to change who I am to have my kid want me in their life or to be able to see my grandkids. And I am here to tell you that if that is your belief, you're, you're, you can have that belief all you want, but the likelihood of reconciling and being able to see your children and grandchildren is likely very slim if you do nothing to change and expect them to do all of the changing. That's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So you have to decide, do you wanna be right or do you want to be in a relationship? If you want to be in a relationship, some of the things that I hear from the adult children that I see with my clients in learning their family history and the way that the, the family operated and the traditions and the habits, et cetera, et cetera, about that is, is what I'm going to cover here. So when we talk about the boxes, right? I was talking about putting people in boxes. If you've always known your adult child to be, um, you know, a meat eating, meat and potatoes kind of person, and all of a sudden, quote unquote, all of a sudden, they're now telling you they're vegetarian and you cook dinner for them cooked steaks and potatoes, you are placing the box that you had them in, you're operating from that. Well, you, you've always been a meat eater. Come on, this is just a phase you're going through. Don't do that. You're not acknowledging who your child is in the here and now. And that's dismissive and it's invalidating and it reeks of I'm the parent. I know you better than you know yourself. So there's that type of, um, refusal to accept who your child is in the here and now. And that also can apply to, you know, hello, they're an adult in the here and now. They're no longer a six year old, a 13 year old, a whatever year old, right? They're, they're an adult. Treat them as such. Uh, Name-calling, gossiping, and when I say name-calling, I alluded to that earlier in that, you know, well, she was always a drama queen. There's chaos wherever she's at. She's always been an angry person. Our words matter. It matters what we are hearing ourselves say, and it matters what other people are hearing us say. So when you're talking about your adult child to others, um, it it carries power and meaning. So when you say, my kid is holding a grudge and won't forgive me, well, that's what you're going to come to believe. And I would invite you to try on for size. Instead of saying that, instead of saying, my child is forgiving, is, excuse me, refusing to forgive me, Or is holding a grudge is to maybe say my adult child is afraid and doesn't have quite enough trust in me just yet to be able to forgive me and that takes a that takes a really big person to be able to stand up and say that we want everybody to believe that our children naturally trust us and naturally feel safe with us and all of that and to stand up and say my child might not feel safe emotionally safe with me and so they aren't able to forgive me right now that takes a that takes a really big person to be able to say that right if you have friendships with people who you've called them all sorts of names and things right well that's who they are in your in your eyes That's who you've created them to be in your eyes. So instead of saying, this person is being unreasonable or what have you, what about looking beneath the surface to see what else could be going on for them? Right? How else could I describe this? Besides this one particular way. So Doing things as you've always done in the family, because it's, you know, if your adult child comes in and says, I want to be use they, them pronouns, and you insist on calling them, she, her, well, you're not accepting who they are in the here and now. And that would be like them coming in and calling you, they, them, when you go by she, her, you know, how would that feel to you? right? It doesn't elicit trust in order to be able to forgive and have tenderness in our hearts. What it does is it builds up defenses and it builds up walls. So another thing is when we conditions to help them to be able to trust us, we stop chasing them when they've asked for space, right? We stop placing demands that they do all the changing and we do nothing that this is all their fault and we've done nothing that they need to get it sorted out. And while we do nothing, that's not, it's, it's not helpful and it's not going to move the needle on things. If it does, if it does move the needle on things, I would venture to say that it would not be a lasting reconciliation, that it's actually being done out of fear. And when we do things out of fear, it, it generally doesn't last. And I don't know about you, but I don't want, I don't want my children to do things because they fear me, or they fear not having me in their life. I want them to want to be in relationship with me. Um, and then I would also say, you know, treating ch- children differently. This goes back to the, <laughs> I hear this so many times. Well, I have you know three other children, and they all are like, I don't know what her problem is. I don't, you were a fine parent, mom. I don't understand. That is so dismissive and so invalidating for the child who is not talking to you. And it's not going to do things to move the needle on reconciliation. We have to get to their, what is happening in their life, in their world, their hurts what they experienced right so and remember the 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 words matter right when you're talking to other people about your adult child and i'm here to tell you even if you are you know you live a thousand miles away from your adult child in in today's world that means that doesn't mean a whole lot because of the internet and all the things that we can do and say um, with people who aren't necessarily living right up upon us, your child will find out. So the things that you post on social media, the things that you say on social media, the things you tell other people about your child matters. Right? The last thing you want to do is... To have your child come back and say, I heard you said I was blah, 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 blah. Or why do you define me, my brother, as the good child and me as the problem child? Again, it does nothing but build up defenses and walls and pushes forgiveness way down. way down the field. It's, it's just not going to be possible. So our words matter. The things we say to people matter. This is a big reason why in my online support group and in my zoom support groups, I do not allow trash talking about our children. I encourage parents, to begin to think differently about their children. I invite them to look beneath the surface. Have I never said anything bad about my children? No, I'm not going to say that I have. I'm human. But I have learned since my estrangement and working through doing all of my inner work, how I would have felt with my parents saying things about me, how I have felt. About my parents saying things about me and I don't want to ever have my children experience that again ever so let's work together to make the conditions ideal for them to step into forgiveness if they have not already or to share that forgiveness with us if they have not already done so let's make the conditions as best we can to bring about that type of result from our child. And then I will close by saying in, a, in the midst of all of this too, what is important is forgiveness for self. So if you have done things that you are not necessarily proud of, because you did not know better at the time. You did not have information at the time. Forgiving ourselves is crucial. Don't hold a grudge against yourself. Don't withhold forgiveness for self. But as with our children, I have to ask you, are you creating conditions that are ripe to allow forgiveness to exist for self. So I believe I will close here for today. If you are interested in coaching with me, please send an email to theestrangedheart@gmail.com at gmail.com or go directly to the website, theestrangedheart.com and schedule from there. And until next time, brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com, backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at the at at gmail.com.